Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we'll go over the topic of tension pneumothorax from the pulmonary section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 56-year-old male with a history of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease presents with pleuritic chest pain and troubled breathing. Vital signs are significant for a blood pressure of 88 over 54 millimeters of mercury and a pulse of 115 per minute. On exam, there is jugular venous distension, decreased breath sounds on the right side with wheezes. A chest radiograph is obtained. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick introduction, tension pneumothorax results from positive pressure buildup secondary to a flap valve mechanism, or a one-way valve, resulting in total lung collapse. This will result in tracheal shifting to the opposite side and expansion of the chest wall. Know that increased intrathoracic pressure restricts cardiac output and may result in shock and death. Etiologies of tension pneumothorax include penetrating and blunt chest trauma, infection, positive pressure mechanical ventilation, and iatrogenic causes like placement of a central venous line and epidural thoracic catheter placement. Moving on to the presentation of tension pneumothorax, symptoms include acute onset, unilateral pleuritic chest pain, dyspnea-slash-acute respiratory distress, and syncope. Physical exam will reveal tachypnea and tachycardia, unilateral decreased or absent breath sounds, hyperresonance, decreased or absent tactile fremitus, falling O2 saturation, deviated trachea, jugular venous distension, hypotension, and subcutaneous emphysema. Moving on to the evaluation of tension pneumothorax, you can use ultrasound or chest radiography. Ultrasound is fast with no radiation exposure. However, this requires a bedside ultrasound that's readily available, but it can also be used for guidance for tube placement. As far as chest radiography, do not obtain a chest x-ray if there's a tension pneumothorax that is suspected. Immediately decompress the pleural space. Know that attention pneumothorax is best observed in end expiratory films. This shows unilateral absence of lung parenchyma and contralateral mediastinal shift. As far as the differential diagnosis for tension pneumothorax, this includes primary spontaneous pneumothorax, secondary pneumothorax, acute asthma, inhalation of a foreign object, myocardial infarction, and ruptured aortic aneurysm. Another diagnosis on the differential is tracheobronchial rupture, and this can occur if a recurrent pneumothorax recurs after chest tube placement. Moving on to the treatment slash management of tension pneumothorax, this is typically operative, as this condition does not resolve spontaneously, unlike small, simple pneumothoraces. Keep in mind that supplemental oxygen therapy following operative intervention may be required. Operative intervention involves immediate needle decompression, in the second intercostal space at the midclavicular line with a 14 or 16 gauge needle. This is followed by chest tube placement. Now let's end this review session talking about prognosis, prevention, and complications of tension pneumothorax. As far as prognosis, know that shock and death will result if the tension pneumothorax is not immediately recognized and treated. In terms of prevention, no preventative measures can be taken for the initial insult. However, know that chest tube placement following needle decompression prevents recurrence. Complications of attention pneumothorax include shock and death if left untreated. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 44-year-old man presents to the emergency department after being found intoxicated under a bridge. He is too intoxicated to offer a history. His temperature is 98 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.7 degrees Celsius, 
Blood pressure is 97 over 58 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 130 per minute. Respirations are 22 per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam is notable for an obtunded patient who is promptly intubated given his inability to protect his airway. The patient's blood pressure continues to decline despite IV fluid administration. A subclavian line is placed and norepinephrine is ran through the line. The patient's blood pressure suddenly becomes 67 over 58 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 180 per minute, respirations are 29 per minute, and oxygen saturation is 80% on room air. Which of the following is the most likely etiology of this patient's most recent vitals? And the choices are 1. Anaphylaxis to norepinephrine. 2. Medication-induced myocardial infarction. 3. Medication-induced tachydysrhythmia. 4. Pneumothorax. And 5. Worsening septic shock. The correct answer to this question is 4. Pneumothorax. So this patient is presenting with worsening hypotension, tachycardia, and hypoxia after a subclavian line has been placed, which is concerning for a pneumothorax, which is a common complication of a subclavian line. To quickly review, a tension pneumothorax occurs when the lung is collapsed under pressure or tension. This tension compresses the heart and impairs blood flow return to the heart, leading to hypotension and tachycardia. The key presentation of tension pneumothorax physiology includes hypotension, tachycardia, jugular venous distension, and tracheal deviation, typically preceded by trauma, but procedures such as central line placement, in particular a subclavian line, can also cause a pneumothorax or tension pneumothorax and lead to hemodynamic instability. The most appropriate initial step in management of a tension pneumothorax is needle decompression in the second intercostal space, followed by chest tube placement. Given the instability of these patients, treatment precedes imaging. The diagnosis can be supported with ultrasound demonstrating an absence of lung sliding and a chest radiograph which can confirm chest tube placement, but should not be performed to confirm the diagnosis prior to stabilizing the patient. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, anaphylaxis to norepinephrine is an unlikely complication as norepinephrine is secreted endogenously and is a vasopressor. Anaphylaxis would present with hypotension, tachycardia, wheezing, airway swelling, nausea, and vomiting, and should be treated with IM epinephrine. Answer 2. Medication-induced myocardial infarction is unlikely in this young patient without any cardiac risk factors. Norepinephrine can induce tachycardia, which may precipitate demand-based ischemia, leading to a troponin elevation. However, it is unlikely to result in sudden decompensation of the patient's vitals, including hypoxia. Answer 3. Medication-induced tachydysrhythmia is a potential complication of norepinephrine, which can lead to tachycardia, potentially unmasking supraventricular tachycardia or atrial fibrillation. However, it is a less likely etiology of this patient's sudden decompensation with hypoxia. And finally, answer 5. Worsening septic shock is likely in this patient. However, it is unlikely to result in a rapid-slash-sudden onset change in vitals immediately after subclavian line placement with hypoxia. To leave you with a bullet summary, a pneumothorax can be caused by trauma or procedures such as central line placement. And moving on to the final question, a 25-year-old man presents to the emergency department after a motor vehicle collision. He is currently complaining of chest pain and shortness of breath and seems rather confused. His temperature is 97.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.5 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 94 over 54 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 170 per minute respirations are 12 per minute, and oxygen saturation is 90% on room air. 
a 14-gauge needle is placed in the second intercostal space on the patient's left, and his blood pressure increases to 104 over 74 millimeters of mercury, and his pulse decreases to 100 per minute. Which of the following is the best next intervention for this patient? And the choices are 1. Chest radiograph. 2. Pericardiocentesis. 3. Supportive therapy and observation. 4. Thoracotomy. And 5. Tube thoracostomy. The correct answer to this question is 5. Tube thoracostomy. This patient is presenting after trauma with unstable vitals that improve with needle decompression suggesting a diagnosis of attention pneumothorax. A chest tube should be placed promptly after needle decompression in these patients. To quickly review, attention pneumothorax typically presents after trauma with chest pain, shortness of breath, hypotension, tachycardia, and jugular venous distension. As air forces its way into the thoracic cavity, the lung and heart are compressed, which decreases blood return to the heart while compressing the heart, leading to hypotension and tachycardia. Any patient presenting with a tension pneumothorax should promptly be decompressed with a large needle, such as a 14-gauge angiocatheter or a spinal needle, followed by prompt placement of a chest tube. Attention pneumothorax is a clinical diagnosis and thus appropriate and stabilizing interventions should be performed prior to diagnostic tests, such as chest radiograph or a CT. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, chest radiograph would not be indicated in this patient. Given the history of trauma and relief of symptoms with needle decompression, it is more important to first put in a chest tube and then confirm placement with a chest radiograph. This patient could decompensate while a chest radiograph is being performed. Answer 3, pericardiocentesis would be indicated in cardiac tamponade, which presents with hypotension, tachycardia, jugular venous distension, muffled heart sounds, electrical alternans, and fluids surrounding the heart on echocardiography. Answer 3, supportive therapy and observation would be appropriate for a small spontaneous pneumothorax in a stable patient as the pneumothorax will resolve on its own with only administration of oxygen. It is inappropriate for attention pneumothorax. And finally, answer four, thoracotomy, or quote-unquote cracking the chest open, is indicated for severe hemorrhage requiring aortic cross-clamping or to incise the pericardium. It is too aggressive an intervention for attention pneumothorax. To leave you with a bullet summary, after needle decompression, a chest tube should be placed in attention pneumothorax. That's all for this review about attention pneumothorax. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.